Welcome to Uncle Bob's Magic Cabinet, a mother-daughter podcast on all things magic and pop culture. Oh my god. We're not with it today. We are not with it. <laughs> oh my god. Hey everyone, I'm Lee. I'm the daughter. Hey, I'm Lori and the mom. Wow, did we just harmonize a little bit there? Did ah. we? <laughs> Wait, it's like a BG. Wait, let's tune. try it. Let's try. Ah. <laughs> oh my god, we do kind of sound like the Bee Gees. <laughs> did I tell have I said this before that I watched a documentary on them? I don't know, did you? Yeah, me and Jake, I don't know if I've told anyone I don't think this. You told me. me and Jake watched it. I forget. I think it's just called like the Bee Gees. And did you know that Robin Gibb had his own um, album called like Robin's Way? Robin's Reign. Rain. Oh my God. <laughs> Reign like a king. How could I, how could I mistake that? Yeah. And I'm going to need it for my birthday on vinyl because Robin Gibb is my favorite Gibb. He is your favorite Gibb. I feel like everyone has a favorite Gibb. Or is that just me? Who's your favorite, Barry? No, Maurice. Maurice is your favorite Gibb? Yeah. No, he's not. Yes, he is. You've never told me that before in my life. I like Maurice. (laughs) He's married to Lulu and she's saying to Sir with love. Okay, so that's where it comes in. No, I still, I like Maurice. I, I think when I was younger, I liked Barry, but... As I grew older, I thought, nah, you know Barry's what? not for me. I'm going to say this, hmm. even though I love Robin. Mm-hmm. Barry, his back had to hurt from carrying that fucking band. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. Really? Barry was kind of the star of the fucking show. Wow. You know, those but, are tall. Those are tall words. I just, I said it. Wow. I said it. What do he you bur- think about that? He burned down Johnny Cash's house. <laughs> what? Did you not know that? He burned down Johnny Cash's house? What are you talking well, about? I don't think he like lit a match <laughs> to it. A blaze. He bought Johnny Cash's house in Hendersonville. Okay. And it burnt to... Like, was it an accident? ash. <laughs> I can't remember like well, what you, the cause hey, of the fire hey, was. You can't bring up something like that. <laughs> you can't accuse a gib <laughs> of arson? First of all, why, Barry? Did you want to live in Tennessee? Um... <laughs> I mean, like, it's country music, you know. Well, maybe I mean, he, he must country he probably music. loved. I mean, I love Nashville. I lived there. I thought it was a great <laughs> I was place. Say. I love Nashville. But what I'm saying is, you know, L.A. scene, Barry Gibb, like. You, you think L.A. scene? <laughs> you think of Barry Gibb? No, I think Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> Cut this out. <laughs> You know who really embodies the LA lifestyle and scene? Barry. (laughs) 
in his gold medallion? <laughs> I guess so. His his deep V in the chest hair. The chest hair. And the gold medallions. It's the whole thing. You know? That if, says LA to me. Do yourself a favor and go on YouTube and Google Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> like, what was it? Barry Gibb talk show skit? Oh, my God. Was it him and Justin Timberlake? Yeah, and yeah. wow, it was hysterical. Yeah. Um, but so, you've always loved Robin. <laughs> yeah. It was his luscious locks. When I, I was growing up, it was all about Andy. Andy the ba- Gibb. The baby bro. I never got into him. Well, because he... <laughs> He wasn't a Bee Gees member. No. Well, that no, sucks he wasn't, for him. but he was a star in his own right. And he right, passed right. away at a very young age, but he was okay, uh, well, now very, I feel bad. very talented. Very talented. <laughs> He's very talented. <laughs> of course, you know, I was a goober from the <laughs> a goofy goober. right out of the gate because when I was growing up, everybody freaking loved the Bee Gees and Andy Gibb. Mm-hmm. And who was I listening to? Damn Barry Manilow. I used to get... <laughs> <laughs> she was a fan of low. I was a fan of <laughs> at a beach town. Oh my god. I was a cartoon member of the fan <laughs> That episode of Will and Grace. When he, reminds <laughs> he's a fan of low. I used to get made fun of all but Oh my god. I was not hip. <laughs> <laughs> at least you can admit it. Way to go, girl. I think you're hip. Hey, I loved Copacabana. Hey, I <laughs> Oh shit! Hey, I know you thought you were tuning into a podcast about magic, but we're changing course. We're just gonna be like a Bee Gees, a Bee Gees well, fan alone. Yeah, because you have your, uh, your Bee Gees lunchbox. I do. It's my. I think we've possession. chatted about this before on the podcast. I find a way to work it in a conversation any chance I get. Yeah, you do. <sighs> Wow. Well, there's our tangent for this evening. It won't be the last one. It will not be the last. <laughs> No. no it's anarchy <laughs> jake's probably like i swear to god <laughs> would you get it together we're running on i don't even know i don't know what's past <laughs> empty <laughs> you're like <laughs> no i don't even know girl. girl but we're having fun we're here we we're are. having fun yeah Woo. let's do this you want me to jump in yeah ma'am you have no idea what i'm doing i today. do not have any because idea what i was doing. supposed to be doing something mm-hmm. and then it required more time like i needed uh, to investigate more more so keep an eye out for that okay i am doing final destination three <gasps> what you love those movies and you know what i'm going to say something that is a little controversial yes uh-oh three is my favorite <gasps> what are your she thoughts wants- on that tell me everything hmm. all right let me see the first one is uh devon sawa devon sawa i love I like devon sawa tony todd mm. and i, I am like the Devin second Sawa-Wah. one because the car pile up. i like the car pile up what's the third one the roller coaster Mm. i'm gonna tell you about Mm. wow wow that was a not my favorite that was not a great reaction that's not what i was looking for the one where the girl gets the nail gun in the head yeah okay i like that (laughs) (laughs) i like that (laughs) like that was a good special effect but yeah mm, we're gonna talk about it i might have to revisit uh i think that you shall okay because anything after the third oh we don't talk chat It is shat under my shoe. We don't discuss it in this house. Your shite. 
Um, yeah, I really one, two, and three is where mm-hmm. I'm is where mm-hmm. I lie. I think, I think there's six. I think there's Oof. six of them. Five or six. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. There shouldn't be. And so, no, mm. no, they should have ended with this one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's a horror thriller. Mm-hmm. Shockingly chose mm-hmm. a horror movie. My God. What else? Crazy is, time. What else is new? Yeah. Okay. So the it's a franchise. Obviously, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. we said, there's multiple. Right. And um, the franchise itself kicked off in 2000. Did I say the Final Destination three came out in 2006? No. Yeah. I mean, the first one came out in 2000. Yeah. Wow, why did I think it was earlier than that? Um, because it, de- I mean, so movies that came out, especially horror movies that came out in like 2000 to 2002, they still had that 90s vibe. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it, I mean, it was probably made in the 90s yeah. and didn't come out until, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So they still, that's why I love that in between. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they, they didn't catch on to. Yeah. <laughs> it's a new decade. Ooh, speaking of which, I just came up with a new episode what i better put this on my what put it on my list well tell me no <gasps> you'll steal it i'm not gonna steal it i gotta do ghost ship man because <gasps> i freaking love that one you love ghost ship i love ghost ship and that's one of those i think it was magic made in like it is magic it's magic it fits bitch yeah <laughs> if i say it fits <laughs> what was that voice i just said i don't know <laughs> no one knows anymore oh my so i entered high school in 2000 <laughs> Seven. You know what? I'm just gonna say it. We're, we're laughing because a second ago, and you're not gonna hear it because I'm making you cut it out. I said that I entered. No, I said that I graduated high school in 2007. And he's like, "No, you absolutely." Do not. And me, your mom's like, "Yeah, yeah," because <laughs> that's how tired we are. We're like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, no." I entered high school in 2007, and I graduated in 2011. Mm-hmm. Anywho, that makes more sense. It yes. does. Yes, do some math. <laughs> like, wait Can't a minute. Wait. This so Final Destination three came out in two thousand six. So I remember kind of like you know I think I went to the movies with mm. all of my friends and it was I think we weren't like old enough to get in yet and you had to sneak, sneak in, in and kind of like when all of the Saw movies came rebel. out and I know mm-hmm. <laughs> me breaking into theaters. Breaking the law. Breaking it was, the law. It was the Distenta. Oh yeah. Local distenta. Yeah. I don't think they cared what was going on there. Probably not. Yeah. Okay, so the franchise, like I said, kicked off in two thousand. The first, again, Devin Sawa. Hey, he's a good follow on Twitter. Is he? He's funny. Really? Yeah, and I'm I'm happy to follow him. Hilarious. I've been reading some of Macaulay Culkin's tweets and he's hilarious. <laughs> Is he? Yeah. Well, who would have freaking thunk it? <laughs> there you go. Two people to go follow on Twitter. Oh my God. So the first is um, a plane crash and I'll, I'll give you the synopsis here. Okay. The second is a car pile up and the third, which we're going to be focusing on is um, a roller coaster crash. So the synopsis is kind of like, so the first one, right? Devin saw while he's going on a trip uh, to, I think, France. Um, mm-hmm. And as he's getting on the plane, you know, they all go and sit down and then the plane crashes and he sees all of his friends die and then he dies. But then he jolts awake and realizes that he's having a premonition. And yeah. so the things that he saw in his premonition, like, I don't know, let's just say a seatbelt breaks in a certain mm-hmm. type of way. And then he, he starts seeing these things happen mm-hmm. again. So he realizes that his it was a premonition that's going to happen. Right. And he has moments to stop it. Well, my favorite, because we're music gurus, is that each one has a song. It's fantastic. You know? Yeah. So yes. when they hear the song, 
you in trouble (laughs) you in trouble now i know yes that's in my notes man for this one because it's one of my favorite parts so like i said the first one he sees the plane crash second car pile up not my fave Mm -hmm. not my fave third roller coaster see i like that one the second car pile up well because the song is highway to hell i would hell. i stopped yeah, myself yeah. stopped yourself good good <laughs> don't, don't come for getting me better i am getting better who tame it um yeah so she you know the, it's a girl in the second one and they're going on a road mm-hmm. trip and she sees a car pile up and she hears highway to hell mm-hmm. get it mm-hmm. <laughs> wink wink yeah nudge, winky, nudge. Winky. um the third one is love roller coaster oh gosh i love it yeah, so much because it's a roller coaster you go crash. into the story behind that I, I can, yes. Oh, yeah, do. Do, um, please. So, yeah. So, the idea of the the movies, they're all kind of the same, is that one person has a premonition um, and they cheat death. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea of that death has a design. Yeah. Because, okay. they, because they have the premonition, they stop the event. They stop the event. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm going to go into the third one specifically. So, I know multiple people. My stepmom, my mother-in-law that will not watch these movies because it literally Mm -hmm. freaks them the hell Mm -hmm. out. So Mm -hmm. if you are into scary things, I think they are creepy. It's, I thought when those came out, um, it was a very, um, new concept. Like it hadn't been done before. And I like that. I I give, you know, props to that, you know? Yeah. It was cool. Way to go. You, I don't have written down who wrote it and I normally do. I'm so sorry. Did you mention that the tune in the first one was John Denver? No, go ahead. You tell it. I'm just saying, you know, (laughs) because he died in a plane crash. I know. Plane crash. That's good. I mean, that's good. That's good. (laughs) So smart. Oh my God. Okay. Crafty. So the third one, here's your little rundown again. Spoiler alert. Um, But I mean, it came out in 2006. So get it together. Yeah. So, Final Destination 3, a group of high school friends are at an amusement park uh, celebrating their upcoming graduation. So, it's mm-hmm. like, you know how us Pittsburgh folks used to go to Kennywood oh, yeah. <laughs> to celebrate? Mm-hmm. This is that kind of thing. I see. Okay, the four friends are Wendy and Jason. They're a couple and Carrie and Kevin, who are a couple. Mm-hmm. Wendy is taking photos throughout th- 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 throughout the night. <laughs> nice. She like that? Mm-hmm. She like the little stutter? I like She's like, she seems like the little goody goody. I don't know. Maybe I think she's on the yearbook committee and that's why she's oh. taking photos. So she's kind of the bummer. She's going around, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but she's taking pictures of like everyone, all of the high school oh, kids yeah. throughout the night. Um, everyone is excited to go on the newest ride called the Devil's Flight. And it's like a big mm-hmm. roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know the devil is like standing there when they enter and it yes, looks yes. pretty dope. I recall it. I recall and it. And for that yeah. reason, I'm in. Oh, you're like, oh, I'm signing me, me up. Give me yeah. a ticket. Oh my God. As they're getting on the ride, Wendy begins to feel uneasy and off. So who do you think is going to have the premonition in this film? I think it's Wendy. Do you think it's Wendy? I do. I do. <laughs> Way to go, Glenn Coco. No. Oh my God. <laughs> So they get on the ride, the ride takes off, and the hydraulics fail, causing the coaster to go off the rails and crash. And this is one of my fears <laughs> because of yeah. this movie. Yeah. It really freaked no, me out. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it goes off the rails. Wendy sees all of her, you know, f- classmates die in a mm-hmm. very specific order, which mm-hmm. is important. And then as she is plunging to her death, she jolts back awake, mm-hmm. sitting back in the car, and realizes she's having a premonition. Mm hmm. And that she has moments to stop, 
this this catastrophe. She's like, I gotta get off the coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, her d bag boyfriend. No, I'm just kidding. Doesn't get off the ride with her. Okay, and uh, yeah, what's his like, name? I'm going. He's like, bitch, I want to ride this coaster. <laughs> so he's going. Coaster, um, Kevin gets off. Mm. Okay, and a couple other people get off. So it's like her cart. Uh, you know, the operator of the ride makes everyone in her little cart oh, get off get the off ride. of the ride. Mm-hmm. But her boyfriend and her best friend, what's her name, Carrie, mm-hmm. stay on the ride. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you know it? Bye bye. Bye bye. The coaster. It happens just it like happens. it, you know, just like in her vision. Said. I mean, if you would just listen to Wendy. That's right. I don't feel bad yeah. for yeah. you. <laughs> Everyone dies mm-hmm. <laughs> that didn't get off the coaster. Yep. Mm. Okay. So she has a premonition. She realizes uh, she does some reading and she reads about Devin Sawa's character in the first one yes. and also about the characters in the second one. Right. I like I like when movies acknowledge yeah. their... Acknowledge. Um, and she realizes that this is happening to her, that she had a premonition. And then she yeah. is worried that people will, will start dying because death has a design. Right. It's kind of the idea yeah. here. Right. So <laughs> she was right. Wendy, you smart. Mm-hmm. So everyone begins to die in the order that they were supposed to die on the roller coaster. Right. Okay. So it begins with Ashley and Ashlyn. Oh, who get no. uh, twins? No, they're best friends who kind of dress alike in like matching, <laughs> matching what's it called? Running suits. Oh no! Like kind of like Polly Walnuts and the Sopranos, but the girl version. Great. Yeah, I, I don't find them cute. <laughs> but Mm-mm. do your thing. It was your very. Thing. It was a very early two thousands move. They have pigtails. They did not. They had mm. blonde hair, but their mm. their jumpsuit, their tracksuits were like velvet. Do I see a tanning bed coming up? Uh, yes, you okay. do. All right. Um, I remember. So, <clears throat> so they are going tanning for their graduation. You know, they're the popular girls. Mm-hmm. They need to go look good, whatever. Um, they decide to, they're going together, which was an interesting move. I'm like, like okay, I didn't know they had like, Twin tanning like beds. what's it called? Like couples, Cu- couples, couples tanning. Yeah, couples massage, couples tanning. Yeah, it's a new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they decide to put on some tunes and here is your love roller coaster mm-hmm. by the Ohio players. Yes. So little tidbit about this song because mm-hmm. I find it fascinating. Yeah. I have the album framed. Okay. Yeah. So the urban legend behind this song is that the album cover, um, I think it's called, Jake, you might have to look it up, Honey. Or it has something so. to do with honey. And the model on the cover is dripped in honey. Mm-hmm. Okay. The studio album is called Honey. Nailed it. Yeah. I am so smart. Okay. Um, and obviously this song is on this album. So she is dripped in honey. Mm-hmm. So the rumor has it that the model was on a piece of like plexiglass mm-hmm. and that the honey stuck to her skin and then stuck her to the plexiglass. And she had to be <clears throat> removed. She had to be like pulled off of the plexiglass and like it tore her skin up and she was in a lot of pain and she couldn't be a model anymore. Okay. I'm making this like really short. <laughs> and I feel like this is kind of like the telephone game and it might yeah. be, I might have a totally different. Yeah. Because that's not my recollection of this urban legend, but go, go. Okay. I'm, I've not heard this. So that, and it got her skin totally jacked up. Mm hmm. And while the band was recording the Love Roller like, Coaster song, they're in the studio. <laughs> Sorry, your skin's ripping off. I know. She comes in to confront them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And 
I don't know what the hell happens in this urban legend, but someone ends up killing her because she's in such a a tizzy. So someone ends up killing her and you can supposedly hear her scream. (laughs) No, but there's a very distinctive like there is a scream. There is a scream. Yeah, It, it, it I Jake find the time find the time slot for these people. Yeah, I'd never, I've never heard that before. What, was, what did you hear? I heard that it was, I mean, somebody screaming and they were being murdered. Oh, it's supposedly yeah. the girl from the album cover. That's crazy. I know. I hope I'm not wrong. Is it real though? Is it true or is I it don't an think, urban legend? I think it's an urban okay. legend. Sell records. Right. All right. Um, let's see. It says it's on Love Roller Coaster. Uh, and it says the song has a persistent urban legend that during an instrumental portion of the song, a high pitched scream is heard between a minute 24 and a minute 28 on the single version. And they talk about this in urban legend. In I, the first one. I'm not sure. I thought they did. I'm not sure, but okay. that is an, another good movie, Urban mm-hmm. Legend, that the killer yeah. kills people, yeah, and yeah. yeah, yeah, in urban legend ways, mm-hmm. and that is fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anyway, so the song itself obviously has a creepy undertone, but then for love, it to be then get yeah, it, love yeah. roller coaster. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> so they're just having a nice little tan together, mm-hmm. um, and they're listening to Love Roller Coaster, and something happens. Their big slurpy drink drips on the. <laughs> drips on the like the thermostat or whatever that controls the tanning beds and it jacks the heat way up and they end up burning to a little crisp sizzle and they get stuck in the tanning beds and i'm not kidding i've never tanned in my life but after watching this never would it freaked me out i'm like see it you'd get burnt like a crispy critter deep fried deep yes 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 okay so they're goners nope okay so they die. They're the first two to die. As Wendy is looking through the photos she took the night of the roller coaster crash, she realizes that the picture of Ashley and Ashlyn um, is of them holding a palm tree, a blow up palm tree that you would like win in a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really overexposed. So it looks like they're on fire. Okay. <clears throat> so Wendy is like, hold up. Hello. <laughs> hold Ring a ding the bell ring that bell she begins to realize that the photos are predicting the deaths and here is why this one's my favorite she's smart she's smart this is why this is my favorite because this is new this Mm -hmm. did not happen in one or two right they just had the premonitions Mm -hmm. i like this spin the the picture spin Mm -hmm. so i'm not going to go over all of the photos because i think that's part of the fun of the movie watch it man but every photo it's does a good predict. binge-worthy Saturday. Yes. One, two, and three. Yeah. Oh, we do it oh, all the time. Especially in the fall. I Ooh. know. For Halloween. Popcorn. <gasps> get your popcorn. Get your popcorn. How about a milk dud? Well, if you're going to get one, you might as well get the whole box. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good one, good one. Uh, yeah, so I'm not going to review the photos, but they do all predict the deaths. But in like... Kind of like you have to look for it. Like it's mm-hmm. not obviously apparent, mm-hmm. but it's it's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Long story short, and this is the, you know, the deal with all the movies, you can't cheat death. And right. you, you're going to die anyway. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. In, in this theory of these right. movies. Um, so even say, um, you know, they're all dying in order. They were supposed to die. And 
it skips one person. Mm-hmm. It will eventually come, come back, back to you. Yeah, like you're not you. going to get away. You're not going to get rid of it. Is Tony Todd in this one? I did read that he is, but he's kind of like, okay. I, he's not. So Tony Todd, yeah, obviously who plays Candyman. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Tony Todd. Oh, yeah. He's, um, he's awesome. in the first one and I believe in the second one as yeah. well. Yeah, I knew he's in the first and second. Right. Um, I think they talk about him even if he's not in it. Okay. Yeah. Were you going to say something? He voices the devil and the subway train conductor. Boom. I knew that he there came up go. somewhere. Okay. He has to. Dude, his voice is, you know. He's so sinister and awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so the movies pose the question, is there any chance of changing fate? Like if you were supposed to die on this day, does it matter? Say, you know, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Does right. it matter? Yeah. Because it's going to come after it's gonna you It's going to come anyway. back and get you. Okay, so I wanted to talk a little bit about premonitions. Now, we did talk about this before, so I'm mm-hmm. not going to go too deep into it. Uh, we talked about it in my Mothman yes. prophecies mm-hmm. episode, which was episode five. So if mm-hmm. you haven't listened to that, go check it out. Okay, so there are many real cases of people having dreams of their death nights before it actually happened, like a Blinken. Mm-hmm. Which I've read I, that. Yeah. I did not know. Apparently, he had multiple yeah. dreams that someone was going to shoot him, that he was dying. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting. Um, American Airlines Flight 191 in 1979. Okay. Uh, a man named David Booth uh, had multiple dreams predicting the crash of the flight in the exact way it happened. He even approached the aviation administration to warn them. That's weird. And yeah. it happened. His last name was Booth. Whoa. Yeah, because John Wilkes Booth killed Abe Lincoln. <laughs> a connection. I see a connection. <laughs> Whoa. Kevin Bacon coming at you. <laughs> How'd Kevin Bacon work? Six his degrees. Way? Six oh degrees. Come on, Lee. He always works his way into here. We need to get him on the podcast as a guest. Oh my God. Okay. Um, people dreamed of the Titanic crash before mm-hmm. it crashed. I have read that. Um, and Sharon Tate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She believed that multiple times she saw a vision of herself uh, with a slit throat years before her actual murder. Mm. Creepy. Creepy. Okay. So these are actual cases of people having premonitions. Now I want to go a step further. And this is why I love the third movie Mm -hmm. and talk about photograph premonitions in history. Mm. Okay. Because that was, I think, the most interesting spin of the third one that these photographs were predicting their death and i think i mean there are cases of this kind of actually happening Mm -hmm. so again with abraham lincoln there was a photo of him that shows this weird like line or break in the frame right across the top of his head um and it was taken like a month or two before he was actually shot in the back of the head wow at four fords Ford's Theater? Ford Theater. Uh, by John Wilkes Booth mm-hmm. in 1865. Mm-hmm. Okay. The last photo of John Lennon Oof. shows Mark David Chapman in the background. Four hours later, he shot him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Last photo of James Dean. Oh, yeah. Was taken the day he died uh, with his car. Mm-hmm. Uh, he crashed that car on September 30th, 1955. Uh, the car is thought to be haunted. And oh, you yeah. were actually going to do that yeah. for mm-hmm. for one mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Martin Luther King Jr., there's a photo of him um, the day before his death in almost the exact same spot that he was shot. 
1968 with a concerned look on his face. Now that one's just, that one's that's, a stretch, That's a right? stretch. But yeah, because when I walk out of my hotel room, I'm going to be standing in front of my hotel room. <laughs> but it, it yeah, yeah, it's, it's like yeah. eerie, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. more or less. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't think Ominous. anything of it. Sure. But here, okay, so it's kind of the same with Tupac. Mm-hmm. The last photo of Tupac, he's in the car where he would die minutes later after being shot four times mm-hmm. in that car. Or did he? Well, <laughs> don't get that's a whole nother. Don't story. get me started. No. I mean, he was. <laughs> don't get me started, girl. Um, that's kind of the same. It's just he was yeah. photographed like in the last place mm-hmm. that he was alive. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But here's the kicker. Uh-oh. And here's why I wanted to talk about this, because this is something I've known about since I was little. And this one's not just ominous. Okay. Okay. The Leonard Skinner plane crash in Ooh. 1977. Yep. That album okay. Covered. You know exactly yep, what I'm talking about. I know about. exactly what you're talking okay. about. Okay. Many members of the band died in this plane crash mm-hmm. in 1977. Uh, the band released an album called Street Survivors 3 days before mm-hmm. this plane crash mm-hmm. the album cover shows the band with flames all around them weirdly focused on the ones the that members that died actually died yes yeah, i knew that on that album was the song that smell mm-hmm. which is literally all about death mm-hmm. that one freaks me out i'm yeah. like okay i think did they like they like take, banned it they banned it yeah. and took the flames out yeah yeah but you can google it yeah if you I had like that on vinyl you had the one with the flames? No. Oh, without. I was going to say, I bet that's mm-hmm. worth some. Oh, some that would, no. yeah, that would be worth some cash. Yeah, they changed mm-hmm. it um, to just like a photo of them mm-hmm. with like a black background. Yeah. Um, because it was literally so, mm-hmm. like if you go and you look, whoa. So yeah, that is my spiel. Wow. And I had read about the Leonard Skinner one. Um, and, you mm-hmm. know, I have a bunch of like rock and roll books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I've there are some them. other like non-famous, you know, people mm-hmm. that supposedly the the photographs of them mm-hmm. predicted the way they died. Like this is a real occurrence. So, wow. was the Lindbergh baby one of them? I'm not sure. I don't know a lot about the Lindbergh baby. Maybe. Oh man, I don't know why that came to my mind, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I pulled the ones that I was just familiar with. Like I said, some of them are like they're just eerie. Mm-hmm. Um. But some of them are like, mm, I don't know, man. Maybe yeah. there was something, you know, going yeah. on there. It's yeah. interesting. Um, so, yeah, that's my tie into premonitions wow. and photograph premonitions and Final Destination 3. That's a good one. That's, I mean, th- those are good movies. They're really, like I said, genius. 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 I love it. I love the originality. I know. Who is it written by, babe? Can you pull it up? The film? Yeah. I'm going to give a little shout out because normally yeah. I write who uh, mm-hmm. directed it, but I forgot. The film was directed by James Wong and written by Glenn Morgan and James Wong. Nailed it. Nice. Way to go team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they are creepy. <laughs> they're very creepy. As are most of my picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that they're very entertaining and it does kind of pose an interesting question and there's magic in it. I mean, you're getting, you know, oh, you have the yeah, premonitions sure. and like I said, I really liked the photo element of this one because I don't know, I'm a visual mm-hmm. person. I like that little right. addition. So there you go. I like it. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch that one. I think you should. Oh, and hey, 
I'm going to I'm going to have to say this. So the end, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, exit now. No. <laughs> um the end, right? So a bunch of them skip death. Mm-hmm. But what did I just say? You can't. You can't. So they flash back they flash forward a few months and they're mm-hmm. all on a train. Oh lord. And the train crashes. And guess what song ends the credits? I don't know what. Love Train by none other than Tommy Lee. Oh no. So <laughs> <laughs> didn't make it. Oh <laughs> who didn't make it? I mean because that didn't become the next No, but that's why they should have ended it there. Yeah. Well, they all they all died on the train. There was not really was anything no more, to tell. There was no more skipping. <laughs> I was going to say no more skipping. They goodbye. You get it. Okay, you get, I get what, what I'm you're saying. saying now. Yeah, I got Tom, you. Tommy Lee brought it home. Okay, that's all you need to know. <laughs> oh boy, Tommy Lee. Tommy all right. Lee. All right, am I up? Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want me to insert my little antidote about Tommy Lee though? I'm going to. I mean, you have didn't we talk ask about this before. I don't think so. I don't think so. Mm. So <laughs> I used to have this shirtless photo of Tommy Lee. It was a PETA it advertisement. Was a, it was a PETA ad and it said inked, not minked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when me and Jake first started dating, he's like, can you please take that off of your wall? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to look at it every time. Oh my gosh. Um, shirtless Tommy Lee, come on. Literally, I don't know how many times you made me take you to Motley Crue concerts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i mean and i was not a fan but then guess what now i am because i saw this guy named machine gun kelly oh. in a little movie called the dirt <laughs> you've got a crush on machine gun and kelly i'm like hey now i like motley Crue because i watched the movie yeah not you know your daughter telling you for literal mm-hmm. years it's fine yeah. it's fine ignore no, me because you made me uh, when we'd have to go to all those concerts and then uh they were just uh, so rowdy Oh, you know, you okay, like the old bi- lady, the boob cam. And then remember that one time that somebody threw something and somebody cracked somebody's head open. There was blood everywhere. And I was like, somebody yeah. offered you cocaine in the freaking bathroom. And you were like 13. I was like, no, she was having like, any of that nonsense. Like, and for those reasons, and for those reasons, I was not a fan of Motley Crue. Well, you now, know, I was just there for the tunes. Exactly. And nothing else. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You're awfully young to be there for the tunes because I think most people, I don't think they were there for the tunes. Me? I'm always there for the tunes. You're always there for the tunes. Mm -hmm. I know. I know. Oh my gosh. All right. That's my spiel. All right. I'm up. You know what I'm talking about today? Go girl. Do I? I don't. No? No. It's a little strange because I, today, this might be the first, I'm doing a horror movie. (gasps) Oh. Welcome to the dark side. I know, because I am, do not share your love of horror movies. You I, do not. I like horror movies. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, they're not my thing. They're not the jam. Okay, 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 that's fine. So, but I do have a few favorites. I know exactly what you're going to say. And this one is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And it's a little film called They Live. Ooh, yes. Mm-hmm. You're coming in hot. Yep, yep. Okay. Came out on November 4th, 1988. Ooh. It's considered sci-fi horror. $4 million budget. Took in 13 mil at the box office. Okay, didn't do too bad. Not too bad. We're going to see why. Okay. Uh, it's based on a 1963 short story called 8 O'Clock in the Morning by Ray Nelson. Mm, okay. 
Um, it was considered a minor box office success at the time of its release. It opened number one. Okay. In the North American box offices, but it uh, disappeared real quick uh, and well, in a hurry from mm, the theaters. I wonder why. Wonder why. Mm-hmm. I love this movie. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I feel like it's based in some reality there. Yeah, a little bit. It received a lot of negative reviews and uh, criticizing the social commentary, the writing, and the acting. Hey, hey. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You don't have to go that far. Right. Those are hurtful words. (laughs) So uh, it was written and directed and also the musical score. Uh, by Mr. John Carpenter, who sure was, is I think probably my favorite horror director because mm-hmm. one of my other favorite mm-hmm. horror films is The Thing, yeah, which is also a John Con- Carpenter. John Con- Carpenter, <laughs> <laughs> but he also did uh, Christine, which is one of yours. I love Christine. And the Fog. Oh, I love John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite is Wes Craven. But mm, I don't know. I don't know. I can't get mm-hmm. into this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's we're gonna, too much. We're gonna talk. Uh, we're gonna talk even further as to why John Carpenter is my favorite. <gasps> okay. But he also did a little movie called Halloween. I know, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Halloween, he did on a three hundred thousand dollar budget, and it did sixty five mil at the box office. Uh, and that wow. solidified him for his ability to make low budget films and right. make them successful mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which this was considered a low budget film who starred in this little ditty mr rowdy roddy piper and i freaking love him <laughs> i do rest in peace so sad that he passed away um but i remember uh when my brother was little he loved the wrestling and that was not my jam but i would go a couple times with Hulk Hogan and Rowdy Rowdy Piper and, you know, all those wrestling dudes and Mm -hmm. never did quite grasp that concept, but I always did like (laughs) Rowdy Rowdy Piper. He was sassy. A subtle drag. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it was just odd, but, uh, you know, whatever. So he plays Nada, Mm -hmm. but his name is never mentioned anywhere in the movie. Correct. Just in the credits. Correct. And we know that Nada means nothing. Right. Right. So um, John Carpenter loved wrestling. He loved the WWE and he met Rowdy Roddy Piper and knew he wanted him for the film. So Vince McMahon, who was head of WWE, um, gave him a really hard time about going to make this film. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he quit. He quit the WWE to go make this film. Commitment. You rock it, Rowdy Roddy. Now, one of the best things is his mullet... The mullet that he's sporting in this movie. His mullet and his denim jeans. <laughs> the denim jeans. <laughs> you know, I love a good pair of uh, denim. That's right. And it is, uh, you know, all business up front and party in the back right there. It sure there. is. It sure is. <laughs> okay. The other, per- I mean, this is like a small cast, but the other person is Keith David, who plays Frank. Okay. Um, and he worked with Carpenter in The Thing. And so Carpenter specifically oh, yeah. wrote to this role for him because he, wasn't he the thing. Yeah, he loved him. He loved his acting in the thing, and so he specifically wrote this role for him. Mm-hmm. And um, 
he wanted a sidekick that could hold their own, not like a wimpy sidekick. He wanted right. somebody that could like be go toe to toe with Rowdy Roddy Piper. And boy, did they and go toe to toe. Boy, did they go toe to toe. And then Meg Foster, who plays Holly Thompson. Okay. She's been a lot of things, but the only thing I ever can think of her in is that little movie called The Legend of Sleepy Hollow with Jeff Goldblum. Oh, God. <laughs> She plays Katrina Van Tassel. Oh, that's a no Chase's for me. giving me the thumbs down. I love that movie. That's so bad. You know, I love me some Jeff Goldblum, but woo. Mm-hmm. Guys, don't go. Don't watch it. <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> I love that one. Nobody will ever watch it with me. Oh, girl. It's bad. I know. I know. But but so good. It's one of those. It's so bad. It's so good. But is it? <laughs> it is. It is. It's good. Okay. Agree to disagree. Okay. We'll agree to disagree. So I want to just tap into John Carpenter just a little bit more and sing his praises. Mm-hmm. So in 1978, he co-wrote Halloween on the $300,000 budget, took in $65 million at the box office, and is one of the most successful independent films ever made. Okay. He only took $10,000 for directing, writing, and composing. Co- like, composing? Uh, co- composing. <laughs> compoting. Composting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, co-writing and 10% of the film's profits. So, woof. What, but, but why? But why? Um, he never again realized mass uh, marketing potential after Halloween. Really? So a lot of movies, but none of them ever did what Halloween did. Interesting. As a matter of fact, he had a lot of box office flops. And um, it, it became difficult for him to get funding for oh. movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in 1979, he started one of several collaborations with Mr. Kurt Russell and actually wrote, he envisioned Kurt Russell in the role of Nada okay. in this movie. Um, but when he did Big Trouble in Little China, it was a huge financial disaster. And then he decided maybe he didn't want to go with like a Hollywood celebrity. But mm-hmm. he did four films with Kurt Russell. Okay. Um, Escape from New York. Yeah. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China. And The Thing... And in 1979, he directed a little movie called Elvis. No. Yes, he he did. That one that I have taped off the television on VHS. Are you kidding me? I kid you not. What? What? I love you, John Carpenter. My mind is a little blown right now. (laughs) You're kidding me. No, no. I'm so excited. Why? Because (laughs) it's an awesome cinematic masterpiece uh, yep kurt russell is elvis the best the best hey side note <laughs> you mm-hmm. have that taped from when you were young yeah and there's a bunch of commercials for like, douches in it and yeah. they're the funniest like timex watches and oh, but, I know. but the douches though <laughs> 1979 so you know we're looking at some really bad advertising there i have that still tape i know I you do it. i know and i always want you and jake to watch with me and you won't you won't do it. Uh, hey, I'll do it. I've done it. I love you. I've seen the douche commercials. <laughs> I've done it. Yeah, but you always fall asleep, kind of like well, in The Princess Bride. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, actually, the big trouble in Little China, he's having trouble getting financed. Yeah, I know. Not going to so speak actually, on it. actually, <laughs> They Live was not bad at the box office. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it 
again disappeared but became a cult following as we see later which a lot of his movies actually Mm -hmm. do so jamie lee curtis wanted to get the og back for halloween h2o get the original of everybody and carpenter decided he would do it for 10 million because he is still harboring some bitter feelings from uh what was the guy not taking any money yeah 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 for not getting any money and so uh, the guy was like, no way. And he ended up walking away from the film and didn't do it. Oh, man. But I love H2O. His name was Akkad, A-K-K-A-D. He was like the original producer on Halloween. And then he came back to do the H2O. Hey, I like he H2O. He wasn't paying Carpenter for mm, the bummer. 10 the ten mil. So. Sorry, John, but I know I am a fan of H2O. I know. I, I didn't mind that. Don't tell anyone. LL Cool J, right? Yes. All right. All right. I'm down with and that. And Josh Hartnett. Oh, with the do. With the do. With the yeah. bad do. All right. With the All hair right. that looks like someone ectoplasm did Stuck it. a firecracker in there. <laughs> <laughs> ectoplasm. The code word. It is. Ectoplasm. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my gosh. All right. So let's get into this, this film that I love so much. Do it. All right. So the premise, spoiler alert, guys. Um, but if you haven't seen this one, it's been, it's been a while. <laughs> You're probably not going to. So, All right. The premise follows an unnamed drifter uh, discovers through special glasses that the ruling class are aliens and they conceal their appearance and manipulate people to spend money, breed and accept the status quo with subliminal messaging in all of the mass media. Consume. Consume. Mm-hmm. So creepy and... Accurate. Yeah. Very valid. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So this film, like many of Carpenter's, has later enjoyed a cult following and recognized and is recognized. Rewind. (laughs) Take it back. (laughs) Start again. (laughs) And is recognized as one of Carpenter's most underrated movies. I think it's fantastic. And has completely taken its seat in pop culture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 100%. So, uh, Roddy Roddy Piper drifts into town. He's in L.A. He's looking for work. He's a cool dude. He's a cool dude. He's <laughs> Clearly. got some acid wash jeans <laughs> and, a nice, and a nice mullet. <laughs> the two makings of a cool dude. <laughs> That's correct. Um, and he ends up taking a job on a construction site. Mm-hmm. And that's where he meets Frank. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, he overhears the street preacher. What? <laughs> The hell, <laughs> street preacher, <laughs> dude. You know what? I'm loving this because it's normally me. Did you mean preacher? I did. That is exactly what I meant. But See? what's a street preacher? <laughs> Someone who sells peaches on the street. <laughs> of course. Duh. Duh, Jake. You see where I'm coming from. <laughs> You're like, no, you dumbass. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. That's a good one. All right. So the street <laughs> preacher, he overhears him warning that they have recruited the rich and powerful to control humanity. Mm-hmm. Noted. Right? Yeah. Um, since he's a drifter, Frank takes him to the local soup kitchen, uh, run by a man named Gilbert. 
and the plot begins to thicken. Uh, That night, a hacker takes over the television broadcast, and he states that scientists have discovered that uh, signals are being sent out that are dumbing down America. Uh, yeah, art imitating life. Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> yes, enslaving the population, and the only way to stop them is to sh- destroy the source, right? Of the where stream, the stream. Yeah. yeah. So, not a secretly follows Gilbert, and he hooks up with a street preacher and the guy, the broadcaster guy, mm-hmm. the hacker, right? Um, and they're having a secret meeting and he sees all kinds of equipment and boxes and it's not really looking like a church you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. gotcha gotcha Um, and then all of a sudden it gets raided and everybody gets beat up and everything's getting tossed and turned shit is hitting the fan like hey there must be something to this i'm gonna check this out so he finds this box with these funky glasses in it and he takes one and he puts on these magic glasses and everything is in black and white, mm-hmm. right? And it also reveals that there's subliminal messaging everywhere. So it's like the billboards, the magazines, the television. I'm like sure you've seen it. I'm the- sure you've seen it. And it obey. says, obey, consume, stay asleep, reproduce, conform. Um, and it also reveals that many of the people are not actually people, but they're aliens, disguise to look like people um so he's like completely freaked out Mm -hmm. and as one (laughs) as one should be Mm -hmm. and he goes into the supermarket and sees this woman that's an alien and he kind of blows his cover because he's like bitch (laughs) you know (laughs) what what the heck what are you Mm -hmm. and she Mm -hmm. starts like talking into this little secret watch and uh she's like calling the alien troops you know (laughs) come get him he's he's on to us we've got a whistleblower yeah Yeah, we got a whistleblower here so he heads out has a tussle with the cops and he ends up going to this bank where he says the iconic line go ahead go ahead you do it i have go ahead you want me to do it go ahead do it i have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass and i'm all out of bubble gum oh my god we used to say that all the time that's one of my favorite lines of all time and i'm all out of bubble gum all out of bubble gum it is you know what a plus yeah a plus and that was all rowdy 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 piper he like rowdy 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 he totally ad-libbed that did he really yeah it wasn't yeah you go like who just comes up with like okay <laughs> it was great right mm-hmm. so while he's in the bank he takes uh holly thompson played by meg foster a uh, hostage and she just happens to work for some cable station yeah and uh <laughs> they go to her house and she he he wants her to, he just wants somebody to put on the damn glasses because he's these, like they, yeah uh, I need somebody else to see what I'm seeing. And he totally freaks her out and she tosses him out the damn window. She does. Yes, I and, recall. And, and she calls the popo. Yeah, why? Hey, buzzkill. <laughs> <laughs> so then he ends up going back to the alley to pick up the box of glasses because he's going to share these things. He wants everybody to see this. And right, right, right. he, you know, has a meetup with Frank. He sure does. The meetup to get his paycheck, you know, and in comes this fight. That is like epic and iconic, right? It's like 20 minutes long. It is. It is actually almost six minutes long. Oh my God. And it is, appears on some of the all time best fight scene lists in the pop culture world. Well, okay. It was a real fight. 
choreographed by Rowdy Roddy Piper. Um, they only faked the hits to the face and the groin, and the two of them practiced for three weeks on this fight. He was, was like, let me get some wrestling in yeah, here. <laughs> exactly. Let me give me some of my wrestling yeah. moves. Um, but John Carpenter was like, this is so epic. I'm leaving this entire thing <laughs> in. Like, he didn't cut any of it. And it's, like, gone on to it's be, like, literally, one yeah. of... Oh, yeah, it's so great. Yeah, but when you're watching it, you're like, what? Why? Yeah, and at the end, he's like, oh, I'm so tired. I just put on the damn glasses. So he puts on the glasses. He sees what Nada sees, and then he's like, all right, dude, I'll help you. Yeah. This is See how easy up. that was? Yeah, exactly. Um, so after that, they decide that they're, you know, going to figure figure out what's happening and mm-hmm. they go and they find their friend Gilbert from the soup kitchen. Oh, Gilbert. <laughs> and uh, he takes them to this anti-alien meeting and they're getting the 411. Yeah. Sounds fun. Yeah. And instead of the glasses, they've now moved up the technology and they're like, we have contacts for you. Oh my God. No need for the shades, dude. They're you're, cool. You're giving they go yourself with the away. acid wash jeans and the mullet. The mullet. <laughs> The mullet frames the glasses. The great. contacts will not give you away. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Ahead of his time. <laughs> so, yeah. So now they can wear the contacts. But then um, they also find out that the aliens are bribing humans to, you know, work for them, promising them power and, you know, Duh. sellouts, complete sellouts. Um, Holly shows up. And uh, she's got some intel. I don't know how she found out where this meeting was, but she's got some intel on the cable company on how they can get to the stream. And, uh, you know, she apologized for tossing him out the window. <laughs> right. And uh, but then again, the secret meeting is raided. Who's telling the secrets? And most of the people in the anti-alien meeting are killed. But who survives the three, you know, Holly, Frank and Nada? And so they get cornered in an alleyway. They figured that somebody, they figured out that these watches, these secret watches are like a way for them to portal into the alien underground there. Naturally. Naturally. And that's where, you know, the stream is, you know, so they're going to go, they're going to, they're going to knock They're going to kill the stream. But guess what? What? We find out. What? Holly, she's, she's shit. You don't say. Yeah. Was it the throwing him out the window? And all the raids of the secret meetings? <laughs> Could you know? it have been her? Yeah. Oh, uh, you don't say. You know? Yeah. So she's she's a bad egg. Yeah. Shame. And uh, she takes out poor Frank. Oh, she does, doesn't she? She does. Oh, R.I.P. Frank. Yeah. But then Rowdy Rowdy Piper, he's like, bitch, you out. Goodbye. But so he takes her out, but he's fatally wounded in the process. Oh, no. But not before. My man, Rowdy Rowdy Piper, breaks down the stream, and now the whole world can see. And right before he dies, he whips those aliens the damn bird. <laughs> and he says, Epic. I'm Rowdy Rowdy Piper, bitches. Right? <laughs> Did he say that? Just like that? <laughs> yeah so that's pretty much the movie in a nutshell and scene and and print uh the political elements are derived from carpenter's growing distaste of 80s pop culture and of politics specifically reaganomics Mm -hmm. yeah 
So uh, free enterprisers taking over the world, realizing that everything we see is designed to sell us something, take our money, and they want to own and take all of our small businesses. He even said in an interview that one of the universal um, executives said, well, where's like, what's wrong with that? Where's the threat in that concept? Because people sell out every day. And he's kind of like, mm-hmm. Yeah, you part of the problem, buddy. Proving my point. Proving my point right there. Yikes. And that the sunglasses are actually a tool to see the truth. Mm-hmm. 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 Right? I'm kind of remember my 13 ghosts. Mm-hmm. And the glasses. You had to get Matthew Lillard in there, right? I sure did. And here he is again. There he is again. Oh, would you look at that? <laughs> <laughs> so he has come out to say that it's about unrestrained capitalism. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so one thing that you might not know about this movie is um, he wrote it, but because the screenplay had come from so many sources, he decided to go by a pseudonym. Okay. And he went under the name Frank Armitage, which is also uh, David Keith's character's Frank Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Did not um, know that. Yeah. And it's actually um, homage to his favorite writer, who's H.P. Lovecraft. Okay. Why does yeah. he keep coming up? So Armitage is a character in one of uh, Lovecraft's books. Uh, he felt a close kinship to him and his worldviews and he said that he often wrote about the world that is hidden and that we do not see. And he felt like they live was pretty much, hmm. you know, all about that. Yeah, and he specifically wanted the aliens to look like rotting corpses because he felt that they were um, corrupting and rotting away humanity. And so he wanted them to look to have that appearance. Dang, that's deep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So interestingly enough, it's not surprising that these... Uh, I love Rowdy Roddy Piper and John Carpenter, <laughs> but they both had a strong disdain for authority. And one of the things that P- Rowdy Roddy Piper said in an interview was, um, and I can completely relate to this. He said, if you ask me for the shirt off my back, I will give it to you. But if you tell me, not a chance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are they fire signs? <laughs> I know. What's, yeah. what's their signs? Um, So again, we talked about the movie having like a cult status and Mm -hmm. it influenced, which I did not know, and had a lasting impact on street art. Okay. And specifically Shepard Fairey. You didn't know that? I I didn't know he was considered a street artist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's how he started. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I did not know that. I thought he started doing Led Zeppelin cover you art. You thought he just <laughs> I thought he, he was. just started doing the <laughs> the best of the best. Exactly. No, he uh-huh. started just slapping obey literally yeah. everywhere as like um a test kind yeah. of, yeah. Yeah, and he took that from this movie. I know. Yeah. It's the same font and everything. Uh, yeah. 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 So he says that uh, this movie is a very strong message about the power of commercialism and the way that people are manipulated through advertising. Mhm. I mean, mm-hmm. nail on Not the wrong. head. And I, I mean, I am definitely, I feel like this movie had a, impact so not like the one we talked about a couple weeks ago the witches of eastwick which i didn't really see when it came out like i saw this Mm -hmm. when it first came out and it had like a lasting impact on me because as you know i don't read a lot of magazines Mm -hmm. i do not 
watch like I don't watch television where there's advertising like mm-hmm. I don't like advertising and right and um, television yeah <laughs> great I mean I just feel like yeah I feel I like, know you know you when you saw that when I saw this movie I was like yeah like wow, it makes sense yeah it it made such clear sense to me but I right. I don't I feel like people aren't taking uh, I mean it's kind of serious no i mean it's very serious um i mean it's real i mean it's happening people yeah yeah i mean it's plain and simple yeah yeah i mean i feel like they don't try to hide it i mean the goal is for you to spend money and kind of be dumbed down Mm -hmm. i mean i think maybe in the 50s and 60s they tried to yeah but now i feel like it's it's very blatant yeah (laughs) yeah i feel anyway maybe Mm -hmm. that's just me but yeah, everything's about advertising. Keep you, uh, and what was it that we saw that interview with Marilyn Manson? Was it in Bowling for Columbine when he was talking about like advertising mm-hmm. and, you know, how it affects people because it's like you have to have, you know, this shampoo if you want to get this guy and da 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 da. I mean, right. the advertising is just so blatant and like if you don't have this, wear this, do this, you're not cool. You're not, right. you know, and I really enjoyed that interview with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pretty relevant. Very relevant. Yeah. Yeah. So I, f- I feel like this movie, although it is fiction, uh, not really not, fiction. Not so much. Not so much fiction. Right. Yeah. And I don't think it's gotten any better. Um, you know, I, it's gotten worse. Yeah. I mean, I doubt it. I think it's the nature of the beast, to mm-hmm. be honest. Yeah, I think that. But I, you know, it's funny because we're going through, uh, you know, this pandemic, mm-hmm. and I feel like it kind of has, um, in some ways, had some decent effects where people are like stopping, taking a breath, and saying, "I don't need all this stuff." Like mm-hmm. because you've been quarantined in your house, you're like, "Well, I don't really yeah, need all this stuff." Like, and money is, mm-hmm. you know, maybe tight mm-hmm. or yeah, I could see yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll have some lasting positive effects. I don't know. I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah. But that's my uh, take on They Live. Wow. Well, excellent. I love that film. Yeah, I do too. I think it's such a great movie. And it's a classic. I, I like how they say it's one of his most underrated works because I do I do feel that. That is very interesting. Mm-hmm. See, I don't feel like it's underrated, but I'm very much like in the horror community mm-hmm. and it's yeah everywhere so i'm i'm like what what do you mean it's underrated but maybe i guess for people who aren't yeah i wonder how many people have not seen this movie i don't know like to me i'm like yeah if you haven't seen this movie like let us know yeah check it out man comments or whatever because like obviously this has been a big one for me ever since it came out and you're a horror buff so Mm -hmm. it's big for you but i'm just wondering like the general public is this I'm not Something sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. I guess I haven't thought about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let us know, man. If you haven't seen either of these movies, I'd go check it out. Yeah. Way to go. Up top. Right on. Boop. All right. You know what time it is. What time is it? It's time for Killer Quotes of the Week. All right. Mine is In death, there are no accidents, no coincidences, no mishaps, and no escape. Tony Todd.
No. Yep, that was Tony Todd's character from <laughs> Final Destination. You don't even want to fuck with that Mac Daddy. I know. <laughs> yep. Yep. I love his character. I mean, he he's in he, there for like such a short amount of time, but he's like... He makes the yep, whole thing, he though. He really does. All right. So my quote is, in England, I'm a horror movie director. In Germany, I'm a filmmaker. And in the United States, I'm a bum. John Carpenter. Oh, what? Not to me, John Carpenter. No, we love you, John Carpenter. I heart you. I, I heart you, John Carpenter. <laughs> hey, that would be a good shirt. I oh. heart John Carpenter. <gasps> I love it. <laughs> Nailed it. I heart Ducky Dale. Didn't you have one of those, right? I did, yeah. I did. <laughs> I heart John Carpenter. I love that. Love it. Hey. Put, someone put it on a t-shirt and send it to us. Tell your mother-in-law, <laughs> get out the cricket. <laughs> get out the cricket, girl. Make me a shirt. I'm going to need it. <laughs> All right, everyone. That's another one in the books. Right on. TTFN. All right. Cut, print, check the gate. Moving on.